Now, when economists refer to matchmakers, they're not talking about dating. They're talking about a variety of online platforms that connect us together, that require other groups of customers, like Airbnb and and Uber, Alibaba, the Amazon marketplace. The list goes on. Let's bring in Professor Richard. Spilansi, out of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, co-author of Matchmakers, The New Economics with Multi-Sided Platforms. Thank you very much for speaking with us. Oh, my, the pleasure is mine. Thank you for having me. This term matchmakers, then, uh, is irresistible. It seems to bring economics to the masses. Do you see this trend more and more? Well, I think multi-sided platforms, which, which my co-author and I called matchmakers, are in the business of uh, reducing frictions that make it hard for members of different groups to get together and interact productively. So, I mean, the original matchmakers were uh, typically women who connected potential brides and potential grooms. So they, they were in the business of making it easier for those two groups to connect. So it's an old model, but with, as you as you said in your introduction, with the power of, of uh, the, the Internet and related technologies, that model, the, the model of being in the business of connecting, has become more powerful and more important. We also see, I guess, in, in recruitment um, still today, very commonplace. But the, the difference, I guess, with actual dating websites today, but also all kinds of other multi-sided platforms, is that so much of the responsibility for doing business is placed on the consumers uh, of various kinds. It's a model, basically, that requires active participation by at least two groups. I mean, if you think about uh, Amazon Marketplace, which you mentioned, which is a very, very interesting online platform. Uh, Amazon has to persuade merchants to sign on, just like a traditional shopping mall has to attract merchants. And then it has to persuade consumers to patronize those merchants. So you, you've got to have both sides actively engaged. Um, if you just go back to credit cards, right? credit cards have to get consumers to carry and use them and get merchants to accept them. So there is a fundamental two-sidedness and, and the requirement of, of active engagement by more than one group, by more than just, say, buyers. But the experience as a consumer makes it feel like perhaps you've got more choice, more emboldened. It, it feels like a free market. Um, why is this so important for the economy today? Anything that sort of stands in the way of productive interactions, of, of transactions that are beneficial to both sides, is, is, is a friction. And to the extent that you can eliminate or reduce those frictions, the economy operates more efficiently to everybody's benefit. The fact that I can go on Amazon Marketplace and find copies of old out-of-print books, including mine, um, uh, is an advantage. Sellers can unload them. Buyers can find them. Uh, both sides are better off. So it's, in a way, it's sort of invisible, right? I mean, a transaction occurs, and you don't realize that that transaction occurred with much less effort than it might have otherwise. Finding old out-of-print books is not easy but in, in bookstores, but it is easy online. What's made this possible? Is it solely the rise of technology, or is there anything else going on here? 
Oh, I think it is. It is the rise of technology, and and coupled with entrepreneurs and venture capitalists and other invest and, and other investors who see the potential. I mean, it's a it's a different way of thinking, and it's required entrepreneurs to recognize that things are possible now that weren't possible before. You know, we we use the analogy of electricity when electricity first first appeared commercially when people began to generate it uh, at scale well you know it was good for lights and then they said you know it'd be nice to have something to use it for in the daytime how about streetcars and for the longest time that's what that technology was good for and then other uses began to appear as people saw the potential and I think that's what's going to happen here as people see the potential of this business model coupled with the technology that makes it much easier to connect than it was 30, 40 years ago, you're going to see many more interesting um, applications, innovations, developments of this business model that will attract capital because the potential has been made clear by the Googles and the Alibabas and, and, and the Amazons of this world. They're, they're, they're people looking to be the next one. What distinguishes those that are truly successful multi-sided platforms, though? There are a couple of things. Um, the first one that comes to mind is that they actually deal with an important problem. That's something that really bothers people. They offer a solution. And it's got to be something that's better than what's out there. So that's the first thing. You have to actually do something that adds value so that uh, there's enough value to be split among the participants and the entrepreneur. The second thing is you have to get off the ground, right? If I don't, if I, if I want to be in the business of restaurant reservations, I have no product if I don't have restaurants participating, mm. and I have no product if I don't have consumers going online to look for restaurants. So the successful ones have found a way to get off the ground. And then the third thing I would say, and there the are many dimensions to this, is they've been successful at balancing incentives to both sides. And this is often done by, by essentially giving the service away to one side. I don't pay to make restaurant reservations. In fact, I get rewards. The restaurants pay. But if it's not attractive to restaurants, uh, they're going to leave. So the pricing has to be right. It has to be balanced. There usually have to be rules of engagement. If I don't show up for a restaurant reservation, I get a notice that says, do this one more time and you're off. So they set rules, they balance once they've launched. But the key thing is find a real friction, something that needs, that there will be a benefit from reducing, and then figure out a way to get off the ground. Uh, and the successful ones have, have done both. You've described there a, a very clever way of, of going about restaurant bookings, but some of these matchmaking services seem to just expand on existing online platforms, like, for example, Craigslist, which is uh, you know, a diverse range of, of offerings, bringing people together, offering, selling, borrowing, whatever it happens to be. But some of the individual platforms have taken that, run with it, and done it better. For example, like an Airbnb what is it that makes right. that more trustworthy somehow, more more appealing as a product? 
Well, Airbnb is a nice example. I mean, it's it works brilliantly. I must say, in in Boston, we have a, a famous marathon in the spring, and when that happens, you cannot find a hotel room for fifty miles around. But there are lots of people who are willing to make a little money renting out a room, and a lot of people looking for rooms, so that Airbnb has managed to set up a system so that. Uh, as somebody renting out a room, I know I can trust the the person that Airbnb sends me, and on the other side of the market, I know I can trust the person whose room I'm going to. The important part of that, of course, is online reviews or mutual reviews like Uber does. You rate the driver, the driver rates you. You rate the, the, the renter, you rate the landlord. Um, so they, Airbnb has managed to set up a system that makes it easy to find a comfortable room in Boston when the marathon is on. You'll pay you'll pay significant money, but before Airbnb, that you could not do that. It wasn't that it was hard; it was impossible. Mm. Uh, now it's possible and relatively straightforward. And you know that's true a lot of other places, particularly at peak seasons. Airbnb just expands what's available to everybody's benefit. Now, if what happened in Airbnb was people would regularly get robbed or regularly vandalize rooms, that business would die. So it's important for them to to have credible standards of conduct that are maintained. Uh, and they, they do seem to manage it. It's not a business I know well, but they do seem to have managed that problem pretty well. Similarly, Uber the the rating system in Uber where you you rate the driver the drivers rate the passengers that seems to work pretty well uh to to maintain the kind of trust you need to uh, well that you have with a taxi right taxis are regulated and they're inspected and there's a at least in many places there's a bureau that's in charge of making sure that the drivers are okay Uber doesn't have that how do they replace that government role um they replace it by by devices that, that build trust and credibility. Sorry, this is a long answer, but Uber is an interesting example because you'd say, in most places, what's the big friction? You call a taxi on the telephone. Yeah, but there are a lot of people who have cars who <laughs> have some spare time. And there are a lot of people, particularly in busy periods, have a hard time getting a taxi to come in a hurry. So Uber has... And Uber makes it easy to pay. Uh, so they've have they solved a huge friction? No. Have they solved a friction? Yeah. It's pretty easy to go from place to place using Uber. And when people get on board with these, they really do become loyal disciples of these kinds of services. It's a really interesting subject. It makes you wonder how many more seeds of good ideas there are out there now because some of these... As we've hinted, the taken services that are already available... And they've completely turned them in some way. Well, thank you so much. We are out of time for now, but it's really interesting, this subject. And if anyone wants to uh, look into that further, Matchmakers is the title of the book, the subtitle, The New Economics with Multi-Sided Platforms. The author on the line with us right now, Professor Richard Schmalensi of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Thank you. Thank you very much. And the Korean edition is out. Thank you.